HR leaders, what's on your mind these days? Is it AI? Is it the economy? The talent market? Remote work? Retention? DEI? Pay transparency? New laws? Our 2024 Workplace Trends Report outlines how HR leaders are thinking about these challenges and what they believe will help their organizations overcome them. Want to find out what they said? Head on over to peoplemanagingpeople.com forward slash workplace trends 2024 and download the report to find out. I think it's really just also setting the expectation, communicating the expectation for your managers. You know, recently my CEO had said to me, I don't think so-and-so is doing one-on-ones with their employees. And I said, but have we ever told them that? That that's the expectation. So it's really kind of backing up and sharing. Here are the norms about managing here. Welcome to the People Managing People podcast. We're on a mission to build a better world of work and to help you create happy, healthy, and productive workplaces. I'm your host, Tim Reitzma. It's pretty obvious by now that if we create environments that are warm, welcoming, and inclusive, our people will thrive. Today, I sit down with Maggie Smith, seasoned HR professional who's leading the team at Trallient, an online learning platform taking compliance training from boring to brilliant. If you're looking for clear and actionable takeaways on how to build a culture that is inviting, welcoming, and has your people excited about your company, have a listen to what Maggie and her team have done. From simple things like pre-boarding phone calls to virtual water cooler chats, they've built an awesome remote culture. So stay tuned. Maggie, it's so great to have you on the podcast as we were talking in the the pre-call or the just before we hit record. I'm so fascinated about the organization you belong to, you're part of, the first head of, of HR at this company, a fully remote. And we're talking about welcoming workplace cultures, creating a warm and welcoming workplace culture. So, but before we get into that, why don't you introduce yourself and the company you work for, as well as what's top of mind for you these days? Sure. So my name is Maggie. It's great to be here with you, Tim, and nice to meet you. And so I am the VP of Human Resources for Treliant, joined the company back in April of 2021. And bring with me, um, it's sad to admit, but I think well over 22 years of human resources experience that I'm, and I'm able to use all of it here at Treliant, which is great. Oh, that's that's phenomenal. And you were saying that the company has existed since 2016, and the first HR professional came in recently, like years later. And so, how is that coming in as a first HR leader into a company in a well-established company? You know, it was great. It was really a good experience. I think employees were ready for it, and I think that certainly the co-founders of the organization had done a great job in terms of establishing a great culture. So the good news when I got here, culture wasn't an issue. It wasn't something that I had to fix, which is great because that's a lot harder than to fix than say like crummy benefits or, you know, lack of policies or clarity around things. So I knew like, okay, this is so doable and it won't take all that long, just time and money. So yeah, so it's been a really fun experience so far. How would you describe the culture at Trillion? You know, 
it really doesn't feel like we are a fully remote company, employees in, I think, 31 different states at this time, a handful of employees in Canada. And, you know, it's a really collaborative, helpful group of people, like really nice, very engaged. When I did get here, one of the things that was in place was an employee engagement committee. And we've, it certainly, you know, morphed and evolved as HR, you know, joined and it has expanded, but it's great that so many people are passionate about making Treliant a better place. And they do that by participating in our engagement committee, as well as our DEI committee. So yeah, it's just, and it doesn't feel there's 130 of us all together, 135 now, and it doesn't feel that big. Like I feel, I know everyone here. Wow. Fully remote, you know, everyone in the organization. And from the sounds of it, employees are engaged and bought in to not just the the purpose of the business, but bought into the culture. That leads into our topic. And I'm so fascinated of this topic is, you know, the title of this episode is, is around how to create a warm and welcoming workplace culture. You know, when you bring people into an organization, you want that feeling, warm and welcoming. But how do you do that? I would love to define what does that even mean? I love that question. For us, it really begins in the recruitment process, right? Like we want it to be an easy process, not where somebody has to key in the resume all over again. We don't want people to quit in the middle of applying and say, oh, it was too hard. Forget it. And it really, you know, so really making that an easy process. And really, we've spent a lot of time improving that process too, making sure we're getting back to people, letting them know their status. And it's not that hard nowadays because you could automate that process pretty easily. And then certainly as we welcome people into our organization as well. So one of the things we've started here at Treliance, since we are remote, we can't greet the new hire in the lobby day one and say, hey, let us give you a tour. We actually have started a buddy program as well. So each new hire is paired up with a buddy. That person's in a completely different department. And so that they're meeting someone outside the group that they ordinarily interact with on a day-to-day basis. And, you know, it's just, you know, we define what that looks like. And, you know, it could be the two of them getting together for coffee and we'll send a gift card or a gift card to DoorDash. You know, you just got to really figure out where does the person live, what's available in their area, so that it's, you know, a nice experience. So really providing that has helped as well, welcome people in and get them assimilated quickly. Yeah. The last thing people want, especially coming on board to a new organization, is you know you have to be online somewhere at 9 a.m., but you don't have a link or you don't have even a computer to log into yet, or you're coming in completely like with a blindfold on, so to speak. Yes, exactly. So we try to absolutely, you know, make a plan for that. And we also are routinely checking in with people as they join. We have a survey that we use. We definitely leverage technology. That's our friend. And so we deploy a survey at different intervals of the new hire's journey with us. So that we're not letting it go, you know, too far. We're getting that feedback 
it's so important to get the feedback because if we don't ask, often people don't tell. And the last thing we want is good people, good talent to be leaving our organizations and then find out afterwards all the stuff that they wish they would have, we wish as leaders that, that they would have told us. Exactly. Yes. So that's a great point, Tim. When I first joined Treliant, there was a change in the organization, like, you know, right off the bat. And Andrew Rawson, our colleague, had indicated, okay, well, we're going to have this meeting next week and we'll just have everybody email you their questions in advance. And I said, Andrew, like, that's not going to work because I've been here like two minutes. People don't know me. We don't have, you know, I don't have the relationship yet. And so we immediately implemented an anonymous online suggestion box. And there's several out there that you can try out. I use one called Suggestion Ox. There are many others. And if employees go directly to their website, they will see that, you know, they mean business. They're not going to tell us who said what. And if an employee were to leave feedback there, they can provide their email address. I won't see it. But if they do that, I could at least reply through the platform to them. But other times if we get, you know, we had an anonymous question recently, and a lot of times we'll send an email out to the whole company like, hey, we got this question, you know, we want to take a moment to address it because we don't know who, you know, submitted it. So it's just important not only to get the feedback, but to close the feedback loop, like to get back to people, even if the answer is no, that's still an answer. So we want to do that for people. There's a few things that stand out to me. One is good on you for saying, hey, I've been here two minutes. People don't know me. It's you as the existing leadership team. We all need to address this together. So good on you. Because often, and I've been in the position is, oh, you're HR, you're brand new in the company. Here's this issue. You now have to deal with it. And so, so good on you for level setting that, but also bringing in that culture of feedback. Yeah. When you invite it, but actually not just invite it. We've recorded a few episodes now on feedback and it's, it's great to capture the data. But unless you're doing something about it, it's just data. And I had an employee in an organization once that said, hey, you're capturing all of this, but nothing's ever being done about it. Right. Exactly. They're going to stop talking to you. Yes. Yeah. They're going to go to their friends or Glassdoor or somewhere online where you do not want them to go. Part of this conversation, we're talking about creating a warm and welcoming workplace culture. And we've touched on a few things. I'd love to go deeper into a few of those things, but I'd also love to bring in the, the topic around inclusive workplaces, because I don't think we can have a warm and welcoming workplace culture unless there's inclusion. So what makes an inclusive culture? Oh, gosh, I think there's a lot of different components to doing that, right? And I kind of always visualize like keeping all the plates spinning. And I think, you know, one thing that when I came in here, my first priority was really to create an environment of psychological safety, to make sure we were having things like, you know, like we did today at Reliant, have a town hall meeting, give people the opportunity to ask questions. And then, you know, we're going to follow up with that town hall meeting after the fact and, you know, send out the slides, 
And I usually wait a day or two because there might be someone that wants to submit something anonymously and that's okay. Um, we would just want to be able to address that. And I think inclusion, you know, it's a great topic. I think it's a really, you know, starts for us as we, when we have an open requisition, we're casting a wide net and we're really, you know, making sure that we are reaching out to different groups, that they're aware of the opportunities that we have here at Treliant. We recently started putting in a little tagline that said, hey, if you don't check every box for this role, please still apply anyway. You know, we want to hear from you. So I think it's, you know, and then giving people an opportunity to get involved and be engaged. So here we do that through an employee engagement group we have. We also have a DEI committee as well. And we always, you know, are reminding people that those opportunities exist and we want them to participate and we want to hear their feedback. There's a couple of things that are coming up with that is I love that you've made it intentional. So I want to commend you on that is not just in the job requisitions, but inclusive in terms of here's ways to get involved within an organization. Maybe a little cynical question for you is I've heard in other organizations where there's employee committees, there's employee resource groups or ERGs, but employees don't have the support from their managers to join. Or it's like, oh, this is going to take an hour a week. You now have to make up that work hour somewhere else because I need you on the job. Have you ever come across that in, doesn't sound like maybe at Tri, but at other places and because and, managers are listening to this going, well, I need my people to be working on the projects, not on the company-wide initiatives? That's a great question. Thankfully, I certainly have not run into that here at Treliant. However, previously, prior to joining Treliant, I worked in healthcare many years. You know, I also was in a software company, and I heard that a lot because, understandably, employees needed to be on the floor, you know, providing care to whoever. So... I think you just really need to get, I challenge people like, okay, let's get creative. Let's think about this. Like, let's budget, you know, in the case where I was in healthcare, let's budget so that we can pay people an extra hour, you know, to participate in these events. And in healthcare, sometimes that meant that we were holding a meeting at 6 a.m. before the 7 a.m. shift. So we're catching the overnight, we're catching the day shift. So I think you just really need to get creative with that and really, you know, put some upfront thought into that. Yeah, absolutely. I couldn't agree more. It's people want, and I'm generalizing here, but based on people I've talked with, many podcasts, maybe many people I've connected with online, is they want more than just a job to go to. They want a place where they can contribute and feel like they're contributing to the the entire vision and mission of an organization. and. It then ties directly into this welcoming workplace culture because the last thing you want to present to new employees is, well, here's a list of all these groups, but it's all extracurricular. It's all going to be not paid. Good luck. You know, I love that (laughs) you bring that up. And I think, you know, one thing that I really do work hard to do here at Treliant is, you know, communicate to people like, Hey, I get it. Like, it might not be the right time for you to join a committee, but we'd love you to participate in these other ways. Is that something 
that you might be interested in. Like I know here at Treliant, somebody said to me like, look, I want to be involved, but I have my hands full. I have, you know, all of this going on in my job. I have a child at home, you know, all of this stuff. And they were saying, and I was like, yeah, but you can still, and they were saying like, you know, I don't really have the time to commit to like an hour meeting every month and whatever else it entails. But we just reach out to people and let them know, hey, this is what we're doing. Would you like to participate in this way? And kind of, it does involve getting to know your people, what their talents are, what they're interested in, and really kind of tapping people. And if they say no, like, that's okay. You know, maybe it's not the right time, but just, you know, keep doing that, I think, and, you know, offering that up. Yeah, it's important to offer it up. It's there. Timing might be not right, but it's still there. It's not going away. It's not a, hey, welcome to the company sign. It's not like you're going to university and you see like 600 clubs that you can join, but you have to join within the first two weeks. Otherwise, you're not in. It's like we're here for the long haul and you're welcome to join at any point. Exactly. Yeah. And one of the things that we are, you know, here, we have a great opportunity is that, you know, I think our work is almost shifting to a synchronous culture, right? Like we're very flexible, but, you know, certainly you still need to get your work done, of course, and meet deadlines and responsibilities, but we're incredibly flexible when it comes to people in their schedules. You know, I have an employee, like she'll get on early and then she'll say, okay, I'm going to go drive my son to school now. Or last week she was like, I have to drop, you know, my child off a band or whatever. Like, who cares? I don't understand this kind of antiquated notion that work must be done within the hours of nine to five and that's it. Yeah. And that's, It's getting out of that mindset, especially if you've come from an office environment where people see you if you leave at 3 p.m. And even though you go pick up your child from school and then hop online at home, but that doesn't necessarily register with people. People just see it as, oh, Maggie's leaving at 3 p.m. again. Maybe we should have a talk with her. So I would love to just, you know, go back to the kind of the beginning, which is about the the welcoming workplace culture. And what have you seen? maybe that hasn't worked well. Is there any stories that you can share that you would not recommend to people to try or some things that you've seen throughout your career as an HR professional? You know, I can't think of an example of what not to try, but I could certainly share instances where, you know, somebody made the effort and I thought, wow, like I remember I was like driving down a highway years ago before I was about to start a new job and my cell phone rang and I answered it and it was my manager and she was saying, oh, we're so excited to see you next week. We're really looking forward to it. I think the call took all of maybe two minutes, definitely under five minutes. And I just remember thinking, wow, you know, this person was thinking about me before I showed up. <laughs> so I think when it when it doesn't work well, it's just because I don't, you know, certainly not, no one sets it up intentionally for the new hire to have a bad experience, but, you know, you can really make that a priority and think about, okay, how am I going to connect with this person? How am I going to make them feel welcome to the organization? You know, I recently, this past year, had a new hire start. She's on the West Coast. I'm on the East Coast. 
And so we invited her to a little lunch, but we called it brunch. And I had sent her a brunch basket, you know, and this doesn't, she lives on an island, believe it or not. So it wasn't like I could have DoorDash like run to her house. So I was like, all right, I'm going to ship this brunch in a box for her. And, you know, that's what we did day one. So I think it's just taking time to, you know, how can I include this person? How can I make them feel welcome and part of the organization? And that starts at the beginning. I love that. A brunch in a box. I might look that up later because I'm all about brunch. So I love that. And I love that story of, it's a, I took a note here, it's, it's as simple as a phone call, you know, a couple of days a week, two weeks before somebody starts. And yeah, an email, something. Yeah. Email, phone call, text, you name it, just a way to invite somebody into our organization into the the career that they're going to build at at our organization. How do you keep that going though? Cuz I I've heard of great onboarding experiences and then it seems like okay, well, we're going to, you know, send you a brunch in a box on day 1 and then we'll talk to you maybe next week or what other rituals sh- could we be exploring or should we be exploring to foster this welcoming culture cuz it's not just a well, you're on probation or whatever your your workplace has, we just need to keep that welcoming, but it's welcoming and warm throughout your whole tenure there. Yeah, I think, you know, one thing, John, our CEO, he is great to work with, and this is a priority. So for him as well, which is amazing. So one of the things that we're doing in less than two weeks, we're definitely, you know, investing time and resources to train our managers too. You know, I I think, like I said, no one sets out to be like, not thoughtful, but I think like, not everybody knows how I think it's really kind of, for me, I call it adopting a hospitality type mindset that you're going to extend towards that person. And it's really, you know, making an effort, certainly throughout their tenure, as you said. So, you know, here when somebody joins Treliant, HR has, you know, an HR onboarding where we kind of talk about, okay, here's the norms of the company. Here's this. We tell them about our programs and then we invite them, you know, to those programs that like, and we tell them, hey, we're going to invite you. You might be busy learning your new job and that's cool, but we just want you to know what's going on. And I think also hosting a town hall meeting is really, you know, important. Like we just did that today. We try to do it probably every four to six weeks. Yeah, I think we're a little late this time. It felt like it might have been eight, but we try to routinely, you know, let people know, hey, here's how the company is doing. How are you doing? Yeah. So I think, you know, it's just really also sharing best practices too, which in addition to training our managers, you know, somebody said to me, oh, I have this book club with my employees and like, they've really thought about it like that. So nobody has one big lift and they are currently reading Atomic Habits and they're going to get together and discuss that. So it's also sharing, you know, what are the best practices and, you know, find out what those are so that they can be shared. And, you know, I'm not saying you have to instill all those, but just that so that somebody's like, oh, okay, hey, this is what I'm going to do. Yeah, I, I would love to join that book club. I love the fact that they've took the initiative, set it up with their employees, 
sounds like everybody got the book or audiobook and are sitting going to sit down and discuss it. I think so much can happen in a team and the dynamic where if you read something, if it's a safe space, you can agree to disagree or you can debate it. But that creates that psychological safety, which you mentioned at the very beginning. It creates that welcoming culture. It fosters inclusion when, hey, I don't agree with this, what he's saying in this book, or you know, or I don't agree with what you're saying, and this is why. Let's have a conversation about that. Exactly. And in this case, the manager said, oh, yeah, I went on Amazon. I bought the book. I shipped it to everybody's house. You know, it's paperback. So it's not a lot of money either. So, and I think that's, you know, the thing to think about in the grand scheme of things, sending somebody a book compared to if you had to replace that person because they weren't engaged, they thought their manager didn't care. You know, it's wild. (laughs) It's a small investment. It is. There is some really small investments of a couple hundred dollars and as long as you're setting the tone, and I know we're using this as an example, this book club, but if the tone is set of, hey, you're getting a book on Thursday, Monday, we're doing a full review. So I was sitting down with the CEO about a year ago, and we were discussing a book, and he said, I love the book you're talking about, Tim. I'm going to email my entire team. And this was on a Thursday afternoon. He said, I'm going to email my entire team to go pick up the book this weekend. And on Tuesday, they have to have it finished. And we're going to we're gonna implement all the strategies. And I was like, no, 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 no. Like, that's not inclusive at all. It's disruptive. So there's the right and the wrong ways to, to do these things. Yes, exactly. And, you know, certainly talk to your employees. Like, you can easily launch a poll in Outlook, you know. Hey, here's a couple book options. What do you guys think? You know, and really involve people in the process. We try to do that here at Reliant. People might be sick of me, but I do send out a lot of little surveys to get their opinion on things. And, you know, one of those, obviously, mental health has been a big discussion, you know, in the news for a couple years now. And we wanted to have a better comprehensive solution for our employees for mental health here. And I remember speaking with our CEO and we were trying to solve this problem together. And then we just started laughing and said, imagine if we're the only two people in the company that really care about this. (laughs) And so we sent out a survey and said, hey, here's the survey. It's going to take two minutes. Here's why we're asking you. We want to make the right investment and in a program that you'll use that can benefit you And, you know, when we took their feedback and said, thanks so much, and here's what we're doing. What comes to mind is there's so much in the news right now about layoffs. This whole 2022, probably 2023, is they're so full of layoffs. And there's organizations who are trying to do it with compassion and empathy. And there's some that are just not doing it with compassion and empathy. We're not, that's a whole other conversation, but I just think about from a culture perspective, especially this warm and welcoming culture, some organizations just don't care about that. And so as a leadership team, have you sat down and and with your leadership team at this role or previous roles and said, okay, this is what it means to us. And in your case, it's we're going to send gift baskets and books and all these town halls. But in some cultures, it's like, hey, just be thankful you got a job. 
I love that question. And we, you know, we do spend a fair amount of time discussing that here and making sure that we're cascading the information down. And, you know, every now and then, you know, I'm really fortunate our CEO genuinely cares about employees. So I recognize that other human resources professionals may not be as lucky. And I feel for you and advise you to run. Because you're probably not going to change that if the person doesn't care. You know, that's a big uh, shift to turn. But I think it's really just also setting the expectation, communicating the expectation for your managers. You know, recently, my CEO had said to me, I don't think so-and-so is doing one-on-ones with, you know, their employees. And I said, but have we ever told them that? <laughs> that that's the expectation. So it's really kind of backing up and sharing and, you know, here are the norms about managing here and, you know, and communicating them repeatedly, keeping those alive, certainly. So... I think, yeah, it's just really kind of keeping it top of everybody's mind. The word that comes to mind is intentional. We hear about workplace culture, defining what your workplace culture is, owning it and being intentional about it. If your workplace culture is, we're just a bunch of people who just don't care and we work for a paycheck, then own it. Don't try and, and paint it as something different. Just that's what you are. But at your organization, it's not that. It is, yes, you're here for a paycheck, at least maybe I'm paraphrasing this, but we have intentionally decided to create a warm and welcoming culture focused on inclusion, focused on DNI. And I think for people who are listening, you know, it's so important whether you're a leader or a manager in HR, you can't just rely on if your executive team is not doing it or if HR, you know, hope HR is, is trying to influence this, but if that's not happening, if you're leading a team of people, be intentional about the culture you're creating in your team. Create that warm and welcoming culture. Create a place that you yourself would want to go to. Does that make sense? Yeah, absolutely. And we really, you know, work hard at that. And, you know, our CEO, like I mentioned, he had joined the organization shortly after me. It was in June of 2021. And he really is respectful of people's time off here, like nights, weekends, vacation, holidays, and, you know, had conveyed that. One day I said, I don't know that everybody realizes that, though. Like, I know your team knows, but what about the other people, managers? And he, he said, you know, that's a good point. And he sent out an email to the entire company that said, hey, this is my expectation. And if you want to work on the weekend, okay, I hope you don't have to, but let me show you how to use delay send. So that that way you can have it queued up to go out on Monday morning and you're not disrupting other people who might be trying to enjoy their weekends. So I think it's just thinking those things through. You know, we're creating training, we're not saving lives here. So nothing's that urgent that we need to get the word across on a weekend or night or anything like that. I love that. Well, Maggie, as we kind of look to wrap up our conversation around this topic, somebody who's listening, somebody who maybe driving to work or on transit or headed home or, you know, is taking a break during their work day, what is one thing that they can do to strive to create this warm and welcoming culture? What is that one thing? And I know it's, we're speaking to a very different personas, various personas, but 
you know, at a high level, what could we be doing to influence that change in our organization? You know, there are so many that come to mind. And I know you only asked for one, so I'm going to narrow it down and go with one. And I think it's really making sure, like, get to know your people, too, what, you know, when you hire them, when you bring them on board, you know, ask the question, like, what matters to you outside of work? And, you know, I make an effort to meet every single new hire. Like we had somebody join the company this week and I popped in the orientation to introduce myself, you know, and I try to remember, okay, what's one thing about this person, right? That, and it's not hard. You know, I remember bonding with somebody this past year over their orange cats and I have a big orange cat. So he had sent me pictures of his orange cat and back and forth and, so I think I think that's one thing, you know, really getting to know people and showing that you genuinely care about them as a person, I would say is number one. Another thing we just did here at Treliant for this kind of welcoming culture, as I mentioned, we are fully remote. So what we did, we used Teams here at Treliant and we created a virtual break room that we launched. And, you know, it's pretty new for us, but I had noticed after an event, we had a Halloween event virtually. And so I noticed for a couple days, there was a lot of chatter still happening in that, you know, Teams chat, like people are sharing pictures of their kids and Halloween costumes. And then I was kind of sad when that stopped. So I was like, what can we do? So we just launched this virtual break room. And since it's new, you know, I think you need to be intentional about getting people involved. So today I went in there, I said, oh, I'm having my coffee here in the virtual break room with you all. And since there's no art in this break room, share a piece of art that you have hanging in in your house or your office. And I went first and took a photo, uploaded it to Teams. And that's the conversation that's taking place today and tomorrow in the United States is Veterans Day. So tomorrow we'll be doing some trivia in the break room. First person who gets it right is going to get, you know, a $10 gift card to Starbucks. I wish I was in Canada. I would give away $20 for Tim Hortons right off the bat. Um, (laughs) Kind of sad about not being there. Yeah. So I think it's like things like that just really so that, you know, people in the break room They're getting to know each other on a personal level. Like somebody said to me, oh, I live right near where you got your piece of art. I'm in, you know, this location. And, you know, already people are learning things about each other that they wouldn't ordinarily and interacting with people outside their team. I love that. There's a couple of good suggestions right there for anybody who's listening. One, it's just universal. It's get to know your people. HR, you can't necessarily rely on just say, hey, HR is going to ask them questions and then pass me the notes. It's like, no, set up the time, have your virtual meetings or in-person meetings. Don't talk about work. Talk about the things that matter, as you said, outside of work. I love that you shared even the story about your cat, because if you didn't share that story, another employee might go, you know, never would have bonded over that. I love the thing that you also said, which was the virtual break rooms online and being intentional about that. That is cost-effective, simple, a way to get people together in a space to just jump in, quickly share something, and then just jump back out. And it's not distracting. It's not time-consuming, but it drives connection. 
which is another theme that I'm seeing through this conversation. Exactly. We also have a good employee assistance program that we rolled out, but they're very robust programs. So we have them in for a live training. So this week they came in, they did a presentation on holiday wellness, like how not to go crazy with the stress of the upcoming holiday season. And they gave us a handout and, you know, we don't make people go, but we create that opportunity intentionally so that people can participate if they want to do so. I love that. Well, Maggie, it is a pleasure to connect with you, to talk with you. You've also shared an article on on our website. You participated in the Build a Better World of Work interview series. Thank you for that. For those who are listening and they want to know more about you or have questions about how you've intentionally designed the culture there, how can people reach you? Yeah, just hop right on LinkedIn. I'm on LinkedIn, Maggie Smith. There's probably a couple thousand of us, but... um, I am in Richmond, Virginia, if that makes it a little easier. I could also be reached at maggie.smith at treliant.com. Perfect. And we'll put those links into the show notes as well. So if you do have questions or intrigued about some of the programs that we talked about to really drive this and create a warm and welcoming workplace culture based on that foundation of inclusion and connection and intentionality, you can head to peoplemanagingpeople.com and we'll have the links there. And so... Thanks again, Maggie, for coming on. And for those who are listening, I always value your feedback. Please send me an email to tim at peoplemanagingpeople.com. And if you have ideas for future episodes, we always love to hear that as well. And as always, please like and subscribe our podcast. So Maggie, have a great rest of your day. And for those who are listening, have a great rest of your day as well. 